The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I want to talk about this new report from the Children's Rights Alliance. It is their annual report card. And when it comes to youth mental health services, they've given the government an E grade. E for the second year in a row, no less. Tanya Ward is the CEO of the Children's Rights Alliance. And she's with me now. Tanya, you're welcome to studio. Yeah. Uh, why the low grade? Um, I, I think overall, I mean, the government doesn't do too badly. And you know, there's lots of A's and B's in the report card. You know, we're tracking how they're delivering on the promises to children and the programme for government. Yeah, on, online, child online safety, A, yeah. early childhood education and care, B plus, free yeah. school books, B. I know a lot of parents up and down the country happy with that. So, yeah, yeah credit yeah, where it's due. 540,000 know, children are going to get free school books in primary school in September. So there's some good things happening. Wasn't it mad that it took so long to get that in this country? Given how little... How, how yeah. what a tiny percentage of the budget it actually represents. And and we were out of step with other European countries. Yeah. And even north of the border, you know, all your school books would be free. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're late to the party, but we've arrived. And yeah. I think that's really important. But, yeah, where the government is struggling, the big-ish, big-ticket items like housing, um, we've increases in, in, in child homelessness and, and, and youth mental health in particular. And what's kind of staggering between last year and this year, if you look at... Uh, the waiting list for CAMS so um, it's a multidisciplinary team usually if you're going the CAMS list you probably have a you're, you're, you have a serious mental health issue or, or you have an emotional uh, issue that needs to be addressed and uh, the, the waiting list for that service nearly doubled between last year and, and this year um, and, and the backdrop to that is there's been, been some major reviews that have come out even in the current year from the Mental Health Commission highlighting major issues with the quality of that service as well that children are getting so it's, there's not only serious issues with waiting lists there's also issues with um, supervision there's also issues with you know some children being put on medication there's not being monitored mm. um, uh, and, and it doesn't have to be that way because we know when children do get good access to a good service it's life changing for them uh, But what's particularly damning as well Tanya is that while there's been a huge jump in that waiting list it, the jump wasn't from zero yeah. You know, uh, like I, yeah. uh, you and I have had this conversation yeah. before. I, yeah. Ian Powers with me. I come to Ian in just a moment. I'm pretty yeah. confident him and he and I have had this conversation before. For years, we've been talking yeah. about delays yeah. when it comes to cams. Yeah, and it's just like the the, the thing I I think that's really behind it is number one, it's not top of the list for the Minister for Health. You know, the CEO of the HSE, it should be one of the top three issues and it's not. It's way down the list and it just hasn't had the attention of decision makers. And there have been some proposals on the past that just haven't gone anywhere. But what really gets me as well is that we're after COVID, uh, where young people and children have really paid the price of these school closures. um, And a lot of them have really regressed emotionally and socially. A lot of them can have some levels of anxiety trying to get back out there. Um, And there's some really serious disorders that have increased like eating disorders in particular um, so we're hearing directly from young people themselves and their families and parents about just not being able to get access to the services and being really really worried about it but the other thing that came up for us I suppose and, and this is what we were tracking with the government is what happens to children when they enter A&E and 
usually when a child with mental health issues is arriving at A&E, it, it, they're probably very emotionally distressed. Um, they may be suicidal, they may be self-harming. So it, it could be probably the most difficult time in their whole life when they arrive there. And uh, we still have a situation where um, some children are ending up in adult psychiatric units. Mm. So 19 uh, up to September last year. And, you know, I, I know what's behind that. Because when you talk to young people who go through it, they're very frightened when they arrive in an adult psychiatric unit. And often there aren't staff that know how to work with children. They're not with the other children and young people. And it all goes down to us not having enough beds in place, not having 24 hour care in place. Yes. Yeah, I, I, do, I remember about six years ago, speaking to a poor young girl in Enniscorthy who found herself in this situation. And the advi- the official advice was, uh, if this happens at the weekend, if you feel the way you're describing now, go down to the local emergency department yeah. and we'll put you in the adult unit until yeah. Monday morning at nine o'clock and then ring cams and someone will try and sort it out. Um, I mentioned Ian Power, who's here as well, uh, of spunout.ie. Ian, why do you suspect it's not higher up the priority list? For government or for the HSC? Yeah, I mean, it should be. Uh, If you think about it, mental health, the peak onset for mental health issues in our lifetime is between the age of 15 and 25. So the most, you know, compared to physical health, which is obviously much later in life. So the most important health services that we can provide to children and young people are mental health services. Um, I think it is on the agenda at the moment. Unfortunately, it's taken issues like the Maskey report last year and obviously the interim report from the Chief Inspector of the Mental Health Commission last month to put this on the agenda. But it shouldn't have to take serious clinical governance failures in a service to to make it a priority for um, both government and also uh, the HSE. Um, You know, we see as well the issue is perennial, you know, and, and the problem is the symptoms, so like the the lack of inpatient beds, uh, you know, the inpatient beds that we have, not all of them are open. The lack of op- out of hours kind of service 24-7 at the weekend, like you describe. The, you know, CAMS is the only show in town in some parts of the country where there isn't primary care services, you know, talking therapies and things like that. And the reason for all of that is that we don't have enough staff. And so ultimately, the training of staff is the solution However, you can't kind of magic a mental health professional overnight. They all take kind of four to ten years to produce. Mm. And we're just not starting the the process of recruiting those people and training those people early. Uh, and we should. And is the danger that in the future the problems become compounded because the situation you're describing, shortcomings in staff numbers, that exists right across the HSE. Yep. And so, you know, if if youth mental health services is not high up on the priority list in terms of uh, attention, it's not going to be high up on the priority list in terms of recruitment and training. So they're going to train someone, they're going to uh, train consultants and nurses and everybody else, you know, will be higher up when it comes to diverting resources for training. And again, in five, ten, 10, 15 years, we're still talking about shortcomings with CAMS. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're we're kind of hitting the point, the tipping point where actually we can either address this problem or it's going to potentially become catastrophic in that the people who are working in the system are going to become so burnt out and disillusioned and they already have lots of them and they're going to leave the system and it's going to become really difficult to kind of keep even like the skeleton service that we have mm. there at the moment staffed. So, I mean, f- from our perspective, we have to, and this was one of the points of discussion at the launch of the report this morning in Ireland we're really bad at working across departments it's not just the job of the Department of Health to sort this it's the it's the job of the Department of Further and Higher Education as well to make sure we have enough skilled trained professionals it shouldn't be about arguing which budget it comes from whether you know the HSE funds these training posts or the department 
it's all taxpayers' money. We should just get the finger out and say, okay, we see this problem here. Children and young people are not getting the services that they deserve. We need to increase the number of places for trainee child and adolescent psychiatrists. We need to increase the number of places for clinical psychologists and yeah. other psychologists and mental health nurses, social workers, all of the MDT members we need for a team. Uh, Tanya, I mean, you know, we've we've gotten better at talking about mental health. We're certainly better at uh, talking about how we've all gotten better at talking about mental health. The fact that it kind of languishes down the priority list, I mean, does it betray that there's still something of a stigma? Yeah, or or, or there's other things that drive the agenda, you know, because, you know, we, we see images of people on trolleys and waiting lists and that's yeah. often what captures the, 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 the attention. But we don't really see what it's like for a child maybe on a waiting list for CAM. So, you know, probably what's happened for that child is they're at home. They're probably not going to school anymore. They've probably stopped hanging out with their friends. Um, if it's very serious, you know. The, so, the, so it's it's still hidden, it's but hidden, maybe not yeah. necessarily hidden because of stigma anymore. It's just hidden by the nature of the conditions we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I think sometimes some of it is invisible because you see yeah. the stats. And so we, we know because sometimes young people do talk about it and they shouldn't have to come out and tell the story about what they're going through. But unfortunately, we need to hear it. So people will do something and react to it. But behind those stats, they're the kind that's what's happening for those young people. Um, and to even get the referral, right? <laughs> by the time, you can imagine what they've gone through before yeah. they went to the GP and the GP has made the referral. You can imagine the level of decline that that's happened for them. Um, I, do, I do think, though, generally, you know, there is an issue with the way we deal with children and youth issues that's not, let's say, within the Department of Children. So, you know, Department of Health, is it a child department or is there a focus on children and young people? I'm not so sure about that. Um, uh, and I think it's, it, it's down to maybe people think it's the Department of Children's job to sort this out and not our job. So it, going back to what Ian said, every government department has a role to play in this. The Department of Health, you know, it is providing services for children and young people. It should be prioritising them. The HSC is the same thing. So what I'd love to see is, you know, the new CEO of the HSC there, Bernard Gloucester, I'd love it to see. It's, it's one of his top three issues that he says he's going to sort out when he comes into the HSC. All right. Well, hopefully he'll speak to us not long after he takes over. And he starts next week. He starts next week. Well, listen, he knows where we are. Tanya <laughs> Ward, CEO of the Children's Rights Alliance, Ian Paris, spun out.ie. Listen, thanks a million uh, for coming into studio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.